Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce Strong. So I'm my good pal, Schmitty and Schmitty only. Uh, Jimmy's got like a job or something. He has to get up early. Actually has to get sleep. Loser. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, speaking of losers, uh, the, the Chicago Blackhawks just beat the Montreal Canadiens and perhaps one of the most weirdest sequence is an OT ever, probably. I, <laughs> that game I don't was, even know what to say. I don't, I don't either. That game was so awful so boring you can tell both of these teams are like in the bottom five or bottom 10 or whatever and <clears throat> I think the the NHL was just like let's just finish this game right now because that goal was clearly offside and uh, like the obviously like when Kershaw and just to make it even more just, just even more weird how Kershaw was pushed into the goal like it's just one of the more Weird things I've ever seen, but at the same time, it's a win. So I guess you'll take that uh, one step closer to not being in the bottom 10 and giving up a top 10 pick to Columbus. Oh, yeah. Um, I There's obviously that's probably one of the craziest overtime winners I've ever seen. Uh, if listeners haven't heard it, uh, just for reference, Philip Kershev basically receives a pass, what looks to be offside coming in and then gets I, I don't want to say pushed by Mike Hoffman, but just like the way he went to position himself going to the net on a half breakaway caused the net to completely collapse. And I'm sorry, from initial thought, I was like, okay, so we're just wasting a bunch of time. And this is That's not a goal. first. And like the NHL is just like, no, 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 we're spending way too much time. Not only on this, yeah. let's just end it right now. I just think it's hilarious because both times the ref had to make the call. He just kind of like looked at the ground. He was like, what the fuck am I about to call? All right, let's just say it. Cause the first time he like put his hand up when everyone was sharing, he was like, hold on, we're reviewing it for offside. And it was funny because my dad was like, as soon as that goal got scored, he, he was saying, oh, I think that play was offsides. Cause obviously from, I think you and I could both agree. I'm pretty sure that puck was offsides. Oh, it was offside. But, but I saw uh, some people who was like, it's like about the possession or whatever. I don't know, but I, I don't know, I man. think that was offside. As they like to say, the eye test. It did yeah. not pass the eye test, but, um, I, as I like to always say, if that happened to my team, I'd be pretty pissed. But I mean, 
as like you said, in the position the Hawks are in, we take as many wins as That's we can. That's like teetering on Matt Duchesne level territory from like a few years back. Oh yeah, and uh, and it's good and um, it's good for a player like Kershaw too because he's been playing so well the last couple games, and especially the uh, well on the net. Exactly, especially. Exactly. And that's and the kind of goal he needed too. <laughs> 100% man. He needed just a greasy goal. And this was a big game for him too, because going into the game tonight, uh, Kirby doc and Dylan Strom were out on COVID protocol, still had Seth Jones out on COVID protocol. Yeah, they Jake did get, McCabe. yeah. And Jake McCabe, they did get Hagel Lafferty and Gustafson back, which was a very big addition, at least in Hagel and somewhat Gustafson, even though it Gus, I think Gustafson had two assists in it assist tonight which was very nice one on the power play too that helps oh yeah and this this game was just a game of people kind of getting off the schneid in a way as i like to say i mean dominic kugelik the past few games really and it's the the nice thing about the past few games is you've been getting depth goal scoring and people stepping up contributing obviously because of seth jones and jake mccabe going on the code protocol in the columbus game and then um Obviously, Dylan Strom could be not going on the COVID protocol this game. And I think in Vegas, it was like, who scored the goals? It was Stillman. I cannot remember the other one for the life of me because that feels like uh, Vegas. It was yeah. Stillman and uh... Para. That's who it was. Para. Yeah, there it is. So there's yes. two depth goals right there. And then against Columbus, it was like DeHaan Murphy. And of course, DeBrinke got two goals. Like, DeBrinke's always going to score goals. It was just a matter of if you can even get any depth goal scoring whatsoever. And they've gotten that. So, oh, it's it. Oh yeah, and it's and it's um the big guys getting off the schneid too. I mean, Kubalik didn't have a point in six games, gets the first goal of the game. I mean, for a guy like him, you know how quick he can start heating up. So for him to get off him to get that goal is very huge. And then obviously the biggest one is Patrick Kane getting that power play goal, first goal since December 4th, I believe. Um, you could tell that goal was eaten at him. I mean, the last couple interviews, he said it's the nagging injury is not a issue, even though we'd like to question uh, it, that. I, it, it is. It is. I still think it's a wrist injury. I'm not one to question other ones injuries, even though I just did. But I, I mean, he's still performing. So I think he's on what, like a six game point streak right now, five game point streak, something like that. So that's nice. Um, Alex Debrinkit has our extended his point streak, I believe, as well. Riley Stillman's on a four-game point streak. Yeah, I was gonna. I wanted to bring crazy. that up. That's so funny. Um, Good for him. Though. Oh yeah, it's just a. Uh, it's a nice. It's 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 nice to have a bunch of guys scoring. It's. I mean, obviously, like you said, DeBrinket's kind of carrying the load in, to, in a sense. But I mean, like you said, it's just guys that you wouldn't expect to score every night are scoring, and that's how you win hockey games at the end of the day. Hmm. Yeah, um, Lucas Reichel made his NHL debut. Uh, wasn't incredible, you know, wasn't like just deking through everyone, but he also didn't look out of place. I thought he had a pretty solid uh, first working game. And hey, as he said, first game, first win. So I guess that's all that matters. And the nice thing I like about Reichel is they're not going to keep him up. Like the, I th- I'm pretty sure I nope. saw that they're going to send him down after uh, the game. Who they play on Saturday? Anaheim, I'm pretty sure. So that's going to be that's a fun good. Game. But it's nice, it's nice to give him a, a taste of the NHL, especially with all those guys out like Strom and, and Kadok and yeah. But again, it wasn't amazing, but he certainly didn't look out of place. Oh, yeah. They gave him an actual look, too, with uh, Kane and Hagel. Obviously, like you said, it wasn't like I wouldn't say it was a like flashy performance. I don't think Lucas Reichel would say that either. But I really feel like where he was performing at his best was that power play in the third period where he got a legitimate chance. The third period, like he came. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. He was, I like his shoot first mentality. It's clear when he has the puck, he's got confidence and poise, which is something you want to see in your prospects. And like you said, this is just, this is just to get him a taste of what is going to come in the coming years. Cause I mean, clearly he's got the skill to be at this level he's you just, in the NA, or in the AHL right now. And I think he has like 11 goals in 20 games. It's incredible. And you want him to stay on that trajectory. And the fact that they're actually giving him, like I said, a legitimate look is something that's very nice. And, you know, this is just something like it's nice of them to not try to just ruin a prospect's confidence right out the shoot. You know what I mean? We've seen so many prospects come in the system and they just get forced into the position that they need to get put in in order for the team to win games. And, you know, sometimes it turns into like a, a situation like Doc where he had 25 games his rookie year without a point. Like that stuff ruins your confidence. And I'm so glad they aren't doing that with Reichel. It's nice that they, you know, have something called a plan in place for uh, their rookies. 100%. And just to plan it all in general. So, um, yeah, I, like I don't see Reichel staying up here. And especially the big thing is if he plays over nine games, that's a, you know, a year off his ELC. Not that I think that's a huge deal because if he is playing well and you keep him up and he's performing, like it's kind of whatever. But yeah, I, I just don't see him staying past nine games. So, I, I, but again, it's also get, good to get him uh, some uh, playing time in the NHL. Um, I got a, I got one more thing to say about yeah. the Hawks game real quick. And I think you and I touched on this in the group chat a little bit. Um, can we stop fighting when there is oh not a yeah. need I, I to fight? I want to touch on this. I like, okay. So just for the listeners reference, uh, Sam Lafferty's coming up the ice late second period. He gets hit by Alexander Romanoff shoulder to shoulder. It was a big hit. Lafferty goes straight down. Luckily, clean he didn't, hit. Like, clean hit. Lafferty, shoulder. exactly. Lafferty didn't, you know, yeah, head, didn't hit the boards or anything. He did have his head down. He was looking at the puck. And Carpenter just immediately goes and dummies the guy and goes into a fight. But Schmidt sticking up for his teammate. Sticking up for your teammate when you take 17 minutes worth of penalties and then they score on the next power play because you took an instigator. And, like, Good on Carpenter. He got a couple shots in on Romanov, who's what, like 22? Like, cool. Good on you. I don't know. Like, I, I get that's what you're supposed to do. That's the hockey culture way. But I, I don't know, man. That was just a momentum shifter for a while. And they're lucky yeah. that the, they got as many power plays as they they're did lucky in the third. They're in Montreal. <laughs> 150%, honestly. Uh, their next game against Anaheim, yeah. Uh, if you give Anaheim that many power plays in the second, they will make you pay. Yeah. So I just hope we'll pull something off. Exactly. So I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that because I just don't think. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be one of my biggest pet peeves. Is I can understand if it's a dirty hit, but that was a clean hit, and we've seen so often just across the NHL in general, you see a good clean hit, and then players just feel the need they'll be like oh i gotta stick up for my teammate now like yes yeah you do that but then you just like set your team back a player and they have to kill a penalty and obviously they allow a goal on that that's not being very much of a team player so you got to think about what you do like in that moment and how it affects your team for like potentially the rest of the game because again lucky they're facing montreal but if they're facing a top team like i don't know tampa or whatever colorado like that that kills them for the rest of the game even if it's oh, yeah. like the second period. For sure. And um, before we close off on the Hawks game, I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs to a couple of players I thought stuck out. 
Uh, I thought Caleb Jones had a very good game tonight. Uh, he drew a really big penalty in the third with that elbow. I mean, he laid a pretty decent body check in the third too, which you usually don't see him do. Usually that's Stillman, the one laying those hits, but Caleb laid him out and I was, it, it grabbed my eyes and he was very solid on his own end. I just, for a guy who's been in and out in the lineup the last couple of weeks, that's a very strong game from him. And um, I also thought Brandon Hagel had a pretty good game coming out of COVID protocol. You could tell that he was he getting his brings it, man. Oh, yeah. And you could tell he's getting his legs back. But you could just tell how useful a player like him is in the lineup. Like, uh, I think we were talking about it. The top power play looks so good with him on it. With uh, it, I think he took Strom spot or Doc's spot on the power play, I believe. But um, he he stepped right in and does his role. And I, I, I don't know if you read the athletic article, but um, he and Shaw have actually been really close in touch over the last yeah, year or that. so. Yeah. Then um, it, he, he plays like him. And if you play like, if you play that style of game, you will see results. And I just feel like that needs to be said every time. Except so. he doesn't take stupid penalties. <laughs> and that's what makes him a great player. And <laughs> that's what makes him a great player. So like you said, let's just, I mean, wins a win, three in yeah. a row. Keep three in a row. Yeah, you play Anaheim on uh, Saturday. Uh, I, it's not probably not going to be as easy, but if you somehow pull out a win in, a, in Anaheim, and then I think you have Seattle next game, you got a nice little five game winning streak there. Um, and then you got a then you got a big home and home with Minnesota. That's yeah, be I there. think that that's like that's the big thing. If they can like oh, yeah. somehow get a win out of that, then nice. Um, but again, game by game. Um, a player I want to talk about is Jakob Gallus because he had such a great game against Columbus and then he had another solid game against uh, tonight against Montreal. And it's just crazy because he was given so much leash and we've seen all these young defensemen come up like Bodan and Mitchell and just not get that much playing time. So it was kind of crazy the amount of confidence that they had in him, but I, it was justified because I thought he looked very good. And Kind of going forward, the Blackhawks do have a lot of these guys that you can plug into the bottom pairing, like Galvis. Like, I don't know if Bowden or Mitchell are going to be top four guys, but they're certainly guys that can play in your bottom pairing role. So that's that's something to look forward to, at least. Nolan Allen's there. Um, there's a bunch of other, like, I think Ethan Del Mastro's having has been really mm-hmm. hot with uh, Mississauga in the OHL. So they do have those good kind of bottom pairing defensemen, but now obviously the focus is um forwards going into the future like Lucas Reichel again he's doing incredible in the AHL right now but that's really all you have at least for top um, end talent uh, top end talent yeah like Landon Slager's not bad and uh they have a couple other guys but again like (laughs) none of them are so high end so that's something they really got to put a priority on when they're making trades and uh doing the draft so yeah um Hundred percent. I was gonna say the big thing with Galvis that shocked me was the amount of ice time he got in the first. Yeah, game. he played. I it, think twenty three and a half minutes. And that should tell you the amount of. So clearly, Derek King's gonna like. Like we always talked about when Derek King took over, he was gonna like his guys, right? Because he had so much time in Rockford. Every coach has that though in the NHL. Exactly, but I feel like th- this is one of his guys that might work in a way. And this and Galvis is a guy where he doesn't have to play 24 minutes every night. Like obviously that was necessary while you have a guy like Seth Jones out that with was a patchwork defense, and it kind of was tonight, but same thing tonight, exactly. But that's a guy you could put on your third pair a couple nights, and he's gonna put up solid numbers. And I it, it's nice to know you have that piece in the prospect pool. Like you said, we have a bunch of middle 
I, like you said, bottom four guys, I guess you would say, but mm-hmm. like you said, going forward, the goal is to get that. I would say second winger for docking to bring it. And cause I would think Reichel would be on his own line. And then you would got to think they got to go look for a defenseman for Jones eventually. Cause if Jones is the guy for eight years, you got to find a left-handed partner for him. Obviously it could be McCabe for the first half because McCabe's only what 26, 27, I think. Yeah. So it's pretty young. 28, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah he, not like he's old. Exactly. He could, he's still he could gotta go, be he's serviceable. He's still got a few years left in him and which lines up good. Cause that's how long his contract is. Exactly. But like you said, the pipeline's thin and I'm very interested to see what Kyle Davidson does to fill that yeah. pipeline. And We've already seen the trades again. You're not going to get much for Chad, Chris, and Alex Neander, but you're starting kind of starting to run out of those guys where maybe they had some potential. Like, what are you going to do with Kubelik going into the trade deadline? What are you going to do with Dylan Strom maybe going to the deadline? I think Calvin DeHaan is going to get them something just because teams. Oh, DeHaan's been killing it lately. Defenseman, and he's been really good. So he had two huge blocks tonight. Oh my gosh. I and, I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the biggest wild card is obviously Marc-Andre Fleury because I feel if you're Kyle Davidson or just really any general manager in general, you, you got to respect Fleury's wishes. If he wants to get traded, you trade him to wherever he wants. If he doesn't want to be traded, you keep him here. Because And, like, Fleury gets the special treatment because he's just – he's been here for – like, he's been in the NHL for almost 20 years now, and he just has that personality. Like, he's proven that he's a good goal – like, a goal, goal – like, a – Fezna caliber goaltender. He's just been so consistent for so long that you have to give him that kind of treatment. So, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. I've. Oh, that's okay. You're three all good. times. You're I feel good. so. I was bad. gonna. I, was, I wasn't even gonna say anything. I was done my sentence. So you're good. <laughs> I um, flurry is the flurry is the wild card though, right? Because I there's two sides to this, right? Because obviously Mark andre Fleury is a family man i think he has three kids if i recall correctly yep. i'm not sure okay <laughs> but um he's a family man and um i i don't want to see them burn this bridge with flurry like they did with crawford you know what i mean because it's so rare you get a talent this good in your organization and just such a i i, I guess say beacon of hope in a way for an organization that's an awesome guy hang on, I got a lot oh of my, and you can ramble on <laughs> oh 100 it's just He's a guy who makes you smile every time you walk into the organization. He's a guy that brings a bright spot to an organization that has just had so much dark and terrible things that just make you sick to your stomach. It's a guy who makes you smile every time you see him on the ice. And obviously you could tell that the first month it took a while to get adjusted, but now that he's back, he has been, he has been elite for the last 16 games, 17 games, I'd say. He's, I think he's got like a 928. Obviously, he's gotten his like save percentage up overall. Yeah, it's over, it's over 910, like overall in the season. Exactly. He's got over a 500 record now, Batman 500, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, he, there's a world where I'd like to see him stick around for a couple more years just yeah. with the kids because that's that's the kind of guy you want in the room when you got a Lucas Reichel in there, you got a Kirby Doc who maybe has confidence issues. Like, Flurry's the kind of guy you want in there that's gonna, you know, kind of just get tap you on the shoulder and be like, "Hey, man, everything's gonna be all right." Like I got you at the end of the day. And I think he still could be an elite goalie for maybe two years. Year or two. Yeah, 
like I, I, my dad and I go back and forth on this all the time of like a two year extension for Flurry if he was up to it. It's always up to what Flurry wants at the yeah. end of the day. Because I, it, after what happened in Vegas, it's his call on whatever he wants this year. And if you're not, you're a fucking dick. Like <laughs> exactly. Like if, if I'm Kyle Davidson, if he wants to just play out his contract and then be a UFA and go where he wants, I'll let him do that. If he would like to go win a fourth Stanley Cup, I will go trade him. If he wants to stick, if he likes Chicago and wants to stick around, which I'm not trying to be that guy, but that from a lot of, from what I've heard from a lot of late veterans that comes with the Hawks, they like the Chicagoland area to at least raise a family. Um, Maybe an extension's in order. I don't know. Cause I mean, we talk about it all the time. The goaltending is a question mark until we know what Camesso is at least. Yeah. Or Lang- and, and that's kind of, that kind of neatly segues into the next topic. Uh, uh, like, yeah, if you get Flurry for another couple of years, maybe linking him for another couple of years, kind of help uh, build that bridge, that, that gap to maybe but when they get into the HL or even get a chance in the NHL. I still think it'll t- take a couple of years for them, so you'll probably have to find another goalie, especially if Flurry maybe goes out and retires. But um, it's hard not to look at Harvard uh, Zoderblom and what he's done in uh, the AHL and be promised, and same with Drew Camesso, who's really heating up with uh, – Boston University and obviously just got named to the US Olympic team. I don't know if he's going to be their goalie because I heard uh, one of the other guys, I forget what his name is, but he's having a really good season in Sweden. So he might be the guy, but uh, you never know. But just even getting that call for the US Olympic team just shows like, like it's an honor. Yeah. They, they did the same with him last year for the world championships, third stringer, but he still got kind of to go there as like a 19 year old or whatever and win the bronze. So who knows, maybe he gets a couple of games in there. And I think it speaks a lot that USA hockey like has that kind of confidence in him. Oh yeah, man. It's such a, it, it, people don't realize how much of an experience this is going to be for one of our prospects in the system. I don't mean to look at it like that, but just like for the, for, for the, for Drew Comesso himself, what an experience, man. You're killing you. I think you're a runner up for goalie of the month for um, the NCAA the month before you're about to go to China to go represent your country at the biggest stage of them all and be a freaking Olympian. I mean, I wasn't even 20. Yet. It was like when we had, I think she was 16 when she went to the Olympics the first time. That's so crazy. Like, I can't even imagine what it's like when he's going to have to take all that in. Like you're going to be representing your country as a 19 year old. That's crazy, man. Like we always talk about like, what were we doing when we were 19? I know what I was doing when I was 19, and I was not doing that. I think I was Stupid watching shit. the U.S. I think I was watching the U.S. win a championship or uh, the women's win a, win a gold medal last time. So, it I don't know, man. It's just exciting times. And I'm, I, like you said, I mean, I don't think Camesso's starting, but with the way this virus is going, that's the only thing I hope. I hope he doesn't catch anything while he's uh, there. I, I hope uh, nothing bad happens to anyone at the Olympics for that matter. Seriously. Like, oh, if man. you get caught there, oh boy. And that was obviously the main concern for the NHL and the players that wanted to go. And I'm concerned what's going to happen because I don't know if you saw like the KHL shut down. I know that. Oh, much, yeah, I did see that. Which yeah. is pretty big because they weren't big on the whole getting – I don't even know how to say this, like getting into COVID protocols. Oh, wait. okay. Yeah, like it. they were pretty lenient on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're shutting down because they had like 120 positive tests in like a couple days span. That's a big Ooh. thing. So like, I don't know how much of like maybe Russia or Czech or all these teams are going to be able to go. I saw David Krejci's going for Czech Republic. That's, oh, that's pretty, pretty cool. Hey, so is Michael Froelich. And then that. I also, 
Oh, Michael Froelich, Blackhawk legend. Let's go. I saw Eric Stahl is uh, with the Iowa Wild right now, mm-hmm. training yeah. for Team Canada, which is pretty cool. Um, the Olympics are going to be interesting, man. Like, I mean, you know us. We're, I mean, I feel like anyone who's listening to this podcast, you love hockey as much as we do. I'll eat it up as much this as is I niche. can. If you, if you found this podcast, you fucking love hockey. <laughs> hey, listen, four years ago when this happened at the Olympics, this is how everyone found out about Kaprizov that didn't know about Kaprizov already. At least we'll put it that way. Because I remember, uh, shout out to Connor on Twitter. He always would post about, he's a big wild fan. He'd always post about Kaprizov stuff for years. And I was always just like, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Wait and till he comes like, over. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, he comes over and he's freaking incredible. He's like, he made that franchise fun to watch. For the oh yeah. I can't, Jimmy, or, you know, podcast partner, Jimmy and I are going to get some up close and personal eye test film on the next Friday. So I'm very excited to see him, but it's just like, I'm curious to see who's going to be, who's going to take over that big stage. I mean, I, I think Owen powers are going for Canada. Yeah, if so I... is Ken Johnson. I don't think they've announced the, the rosters, but, but I don't know if uh, Mason McTavish might be going too. I don't know how that, that would, would work. But... I mean, shit, Ken Johnson with like Eric Stahl. What a, like what an opportunity for some of these kids. Like we talked about, you know what I mean? You just get to learn and pick all these brains of all these veterans and, it's an interesting opportunity in a way. Like, obviously it's disappointing that the NHL stars can't go. Like yeah. I was literally talking to my friend today. I was like, I got robbed of Matthews to break it again. This yeah. is such bullshit. But um, it's the world we live in. Yeah. So. We got robbed of a uh, Crosby, McDavid, McKinnon line. You know, it's, it's. <laughs> Don't remind me, man. At least we can get McDavid McKinnon point at the next one. That'll be nasty. Mm. Or <laughs> McDavid McKinnon Bedard, if we're yeah, being it's... honest. Oh man. Some like combination of the, the Canadian players. That's going to be the crazy part though. Cause like we thought this year was going to be competitive. Just wait till four more years when all these other countries, oh, like it's, it's getting more like the gap between how like great, like, I guess like how many superstars there are in each country. Like it's, it's closing like Canada obviously has been like the huge, whenever they go to a, a, a like an international tournament, like the world juniors Olympics or world championships, they're always a favorite, but like you just see the U.S. obviously with all the stars coming, like Zegras and Hughes are for sure going to be at the next one. Same with maybe Spencer Knight, Finland. You just have all so much like talent right now, and I think and, like, of Germany, like, man. Yeah, the Germany is on the rise. They're all too. so young. Sweden like, and Russia are just always like it's it's just coming so much more close, and it's not like Canada's getting bad. It's just other countries are catching catching up really and i just can't wait for the next olympics in 2026 where like 43 year old alex ovechkin's carrying russia to a gold medal i'm sorry like it's gonna happen and it's gonna be the best thing ever <laughs> holy crap also it, is yarmar yager on the check team? i don't think he is we, we probably would have seen that yager's on the check team that'd be so sick i don't know cool, he's too though. busy bagging like tens on <laughs> I, I literally saw another picture of him with some chick i was just like Listen, man, if I was 45 and I looked that good with no kids, shit, let's go. Black's got a challenge there. (laughs) Dude's literally a fucking chiseled god. Like, he can do whatever he wants. So much respect for your armor, Yogurt. That dude could just, like, probably walk into a bar in, like, the Czech Republic and, like, everyone's going to buy him a drink, I feel like. He's just such an And why wouldn't you? He's a beast. He's a beast. Like, he redefined hockey for that country. It's just, it's awesome. Like, think about it. I, 
I saw today that David Posternock just got his 11th assist tonight. Or not assist. That's such a, <laughs> wow, good for him. 11th assist. assist. He's so good, guys. Holy shit. Yeah, 11th hat trick. And he's like, what, 26, 27? Like, you got to think Yager plays a role in that and being his idol. Like, shit. And we, and we talk about all the time just the impact that that kind of stuff has and how just playing games in a country make that much of a difference. Yeah, the Czech Republic won the first ever uh, gold medal at the Olympics when NHL's players came over in 1998. Uh, Dominic Hasek, like, basically stole the tournament, but that's what he was doing at the time. Uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, just that uh, fellow. I think, yeah, Yager was on that team, Hasek, and there was, like, a couple other guys. I, I think Copperley was, like, there was a couple other guys on that team that were some interesting names. Um, Martin Havlin on that team? Martin, Martin Havlin, no, I think he would have been too no. young for that. Ah, shit. Yeah, because they beat Czech Republic. Obviously, I wasn't alive. Czech Republic beat uh, Canada in a shootout. I think the controversial thing was that they didn't use Gretzky in the shootout. And I think they used Ray Bork instead. And Hashik, I think Hashik would have stopped it either way because he was so on the zone. Oh, yeah. And they beat beat Russia, I think, 1-0 in the gold medal game because of a shutout. Go figure. Like that had to have been like prime Hashik where he won like six Vesna. Oh yeah, that was ninety eight. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he probably like I think he took the Sabres to the final next year. So poor guy. Like man, he's I I always give my dad crap because he's like I always said he's been he grew up with the Hawks his whole life and been going to games forever. And I was just like, how the fuck did they have Ed Belfort and Dominic Hashik? Oh, I know. Didn't stay with any of them and win a cup. <laughs> and he's like, son. I don't even know how to tell you. We also had like Savard and all these guys together and, you know, Ronick and all this shit. I think I may have the answer and it might maybe have to do something with the owner and just. Yeah. And Mike Keenan. (laughs) Mike Keenan. Oh man. I did not know that much about him until I started looking more into him. Yeah. Uh, It was not a great idea, but. (laughs) Yeah. Not a great idea. Exactly. You're not going to have a good time. Going to have a good time. I'm good. Uh, I'm <laughs> going. Uh, Alex was uh, named as the lone representative for uh, the Chicago Blackhawks for the All Star game. Apparently, Seth Jones is the last man in, so vote Seth Jones for the last man in. That'd be cool. I, I I'd be happy for Seth. Did I, you see that Nazem Kadri is the last man in? He's on pace for like 130 plus points. Did you see that Trevor Zegers didn't even get in? Oh my god, that's so dumb. Like they put John Gibson in for Anaheim. Over him or Terry. Like, we talked about this with Julian McKenzie and growing the game. Like, guys. You need the young guys, though. The young ones that have the flash, that have that personality. Like, Jack. I don't even think Jack Hughes went, did he? No, Jack Hughes is there. So, they did some of that. Imagine him and Zegris there. Like, that would be it. Exactly. And all the young guys. Because there are a lot of guys that are kind of going to the first All-Star game. Yeah, the, there's the a Brink, huge list. I know that's the Brinkets first, I'm pretty sure. There's a couple on there that are such good, like uh Kyle Connor, Jordan Kyrou. Cool. Those are yeah. great names that are going for the first time. Um, obviously, they got the big stars, they got McDavid and Drysaddle going, Obechkin and McKinnon and Makar and Breeze yeah. off and all Makar's another guy. Like that's 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 good. Mm-hmm. But like they opted Panarin out for Kreider, which I get. It's a fan vote. He had a good year. Oh, but, okay, like, okay. I thought that was that was, that was chosen. Fan vote like makes more sense, I guess. Fan vote's fine at the end of the day, but it's just like if you want to grow the game, Chris Kreider's not the guy that probably should be there. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against Chris Kreider, and he's probably on like a forty-five goal pace this year. But it's just have you seen like the Cy Young list where it's like basically the goals to assist ratio? Like he's at the top, right at the top for that. 
Oh yeah. He's just, he's having, he's been light. Like I remember when he signed that, I think he signed an eight year extension last year yeah, or something. And we were all just yeah. like, oh, I don't know about yeah, that. I was like, I don't know. The game plays. That's not going to be. Yeah, he's play. fine right now. <laughs> he is absolutely fine. He is not on the line with like Panera every night. He's, he's doing it on his own. So it's nothing against the guys who went to the all-star game. I just feel like, I, I, you know what? I'll keep an open mind until I see what they do. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It's just, I hate the representation for every team because, like, Clayton Keller is on from Arizona. Like, uh, we're putting I, Clayton Keller in over, like, Nico Rantanen. Keep yeah. I just, and, like, the argument can be made well, we need representation for every team. I'm pretty sure, even like an Arizona fan, be like, just throw in the best player, you know? And even then, I feel like Arizona fans would be like, what? I, I don't know. I just, it like Tampa didn't have Stamkos go, which is crazy because Stamkos yeah. is quietly like he's having last like, man in, but again, like, oh, he is last man in. That's he, good. he should That's be a good. lock. But like, when he's like it's the same thing with Kadri, like you said, like they're having career years quietly and no one's talking about it. It's crazy. I don't know. That's when Kadri's fourth in NHL scoring. And he, I don't dude, think he's on the last man in ballot. I could be wrong it, about that. If I oh, if I that. recall, is this a contract year for Nazem Kadri? Oh, yeah. He oh, yeah. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid, baby. Uh, oh. Definitely on not, Col- on, not on Colorado either. Man, it's so funny because I'm pretty sure he had his 30-goal season right after his contract year last time for the Leafs and now he's just like fucking I know what I need to do during my contract year I saw what Jeff Skinner got during this contract year which by the way he scored a pretty nice goal for Buffalo tonight yeah he, he has two goals tonight I'm pretty sure that's what I saw listen man he's got like 14 goals this year now yeah, I mean how he hit so rock bottom he could literally only go up only go up yeah hey it's nice to see Jeff Skinner go back to old Jeff Skinner though because when he oh, gets hot good. he can he can shoot the puck. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the Boston Bruins that are like silently heating up, and they got Tuukka Rask back in his first game, and he got a win. And the Pasternak hat trick. Who could have thought that? Who could have thought that Tuukka Rask would still be good at hockey? Clearly not this podcast. We clearly hate. No, Tuka we Rask. we hate Tuukka Rask. It's all his <laughs> fault that he lost the 2013 Stanley Cup Final and 2019 Stanley Cup Final, even though he had a 940 save percentage in pretty both of them. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then he won a fucking best of the year after 2013. Shut yeah. everyone up. <laughs> oh man, Tuukka Rask is. Tugarask is great. And like you said, Boston is heating the F up. Holy crap. Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron. Like, have you, I don't know if you've seen the way they've been running their lines, but like, it's the way they should have been running their lines the whole way. Like, Pasternak can run his own line with Hall. It's he, it's made Hall back to what Taylor Hall is, which is a fantastic playmaker and an elite hockey player. It, it gives them so much more depth. Uh, I know we talked about like Charlie McAvoy needs a defenseman partner. Matt Grizzlick has oh, been Matt Grizzlick phenomenal from there. They're like at the top of the league in terms of like goal, like expected goals against and driving play. It's crazy. Oh and yeah. Just, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, and just like shutting down the, like any offensive chances from the other team. Oh yeah. And um I saw something that uh Boston might be a dark horse in on Jacob Chickering, which would be awesome. Cause I I mean, obviously you keep Grizzlick with McAvoy if they're doing so well, but if you could put Chickering with Carlo and that's your top four, 
Ooh. going into the playoffs. And then you got Olmark and Rask and you got that top six. And it sounds like Eric Hall is starting to heat up, which is huge for that team. Yeah, that whole team is just heating up in general. Ooh, look out for Boston. Yeah. And I feel bad. To be, I would not want to be in the Atlantic division right now. because oh, no. I was talking to Jimmy. Who do you want to face in that Atlantic <laughs> division in the first Florida. round? <laughs> I think Florida because – that, even then, Florida, I would not want to face, but that's probably their best chance. Yeah, it's like, which Bob are you going to get? I'd rather take my chances with Bobrovsky than Vasilevsky and Tugarask. And also, they have way. not lost, or they haven't won a, a playoff series since 1996. So, hey, it's like two Ooh. curses going against one. Maybe one will break. Maybe Kodak Black, Black broke the curse. You know? <laughs> oh I'm just saying. Like, it's a, it's a time for new beginnings in 2022. And, you know, sometimes you have to get a good stroke in sometimes. Who would have thought that Kodak Black would do a better job of growing the NHL than anyone else ever? You know what the worst part is? NHL, tw- like, the NHL tweeted, they're like, oh, oh I know. Hey, Kodak Black, we're so great. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> tweet so has been, everyone's gangster toast tweet has been deleted. Oh, my God. Just get out of your own way, please. The game can grow itself sometimes. Like, yeah. holy crap. I don't know if you – I'm sorry. Like, the only – thing that's been good about this new tv deal is the tnt staff or like their panel is on par with what the other tnt panels for like nba yeah. and stuff they are great like the mic'd up stuff they do in warm-ups yeah like, I, saw I, think the, they did it. I saw the one they did with marshand the one that gets slept on a lot is the one they did with Sidney crosby earlier in the year they got crosby to talk like a lot like they got him to talk about in, in and of itself right like if <laughs> The fact that they're actually getting these players to show personality does not get talked about nearly enough. You need to bring I, those guys to the all-star game. hundred percent. Is the all-star game on ESPN or TNT? That's the real question. I have no Cause idea. Because if, if it's ESPN, that's going to suck. I really hope it's on TNT. <laughs> oh, it, it, it'd definitely be better for the game if it was on TNT. Oh, yeah. Because I know TNT usually does the NBA all-star game, and that's like – that usually gets pretty good ratings and oh, stuff. Yeah. So, because like I know fun. Julian, like, because I I don't mean to like disagree with Julian when he was on the podcast last week, friend of the show Julian McKenzie, but I, I do think you can use the All Star Game to grow the game. I clearly agree that for a hardcore hockey fan, why the fuck am I watching this? On yeah, you need to track that. That's the thing. You need to track casuals. It's not. Yeah, exactly. The all-star game is not for the hardcore hockey fan. And at the end of the day, you're just going to have to accept that it's for the casual fan. And I'm, there are so many ways they can make this work. And I feel like they got enough talent to make it work this year. If you do it right, because I feel like there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of underrated talent this year. There's a lot of talent that doesn't get talked about enough. Like, I, I know I brought it up already, but Jordan Cairo is the perfect example. Like, how many people do you think know about Jordan Cairo that aren't like us that are hardcore hockey yeah, fans? Yeah, you got to be a hardcore hockey fan and know the name Jordan Cairo. Yeah. The only reason I know Jordan Cairo is because I picked him up in fantasy last year, and he was great. And now he's even better this year. I didn't pick him up. Go figure. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, sorry, I'm just trying to pull up the list. Like, Adrian Kempe is another good example. Like, obviously, that's not something that you want to grow the game with, but at least for, like, that's something you appeal to hardcore fans a little bit with though. Like someone who actually gets an opportunity to go, like, obviously if this was just like how it usually is, they'd probably just throw Drew Doughty in, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just, the all-star game could be interesting this year, but at the same time, 
all right, he, all right, I got the list pulled up. There's like there's some names on here that are like it's cool to see them go. Like Badger Demko going for Vancouver is awesome. I personally think like Jake Batherson for Ottawa. That makes sense. Even though I would, I know he's not having a good year, but like, if, if you want to put the talent there, you got to throw Stutzler there. I, oh, think. I was going to say, man, like, I think that's another thing, like going with the NHL, like, you got to go with the young guys, like give the young guys, even if they're not having a great year, just go with the young guys. I would have thrown Stutzler there. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously like good for Adam Pellick for going for the Islanders. Oh, but, is he actually? Uh, He's actually going for the Ooh, I mean, I, I, I fucking love – you know me. I love Adam Pellick. I don't know if that's – Nothing wrong with Adam Pellick, man. There's yeah. nothing wrong with him. But um, I'm sorry. Matt Barcel grows the game more than Adam Pellick. Oh, man. Now that, that I heard – I didn't even see that. Now that yeah, I think man. that, like, that's not – and, again, no disrespect. I fucking love Adam Pellick. You know that. Just that's not a guy you bring to the All-Star game. And then that'd like, be, that'd be like That would be like 2015 – bringing Nicholas Jalmerson to the All-Star game, you know? No love Nicholas Jalmerson. Love him, but that's, that's not a guy you bring to the All-Star game to help grow the game. Oh, my God. And, like, one more that I'm just going to name real quick is, so that we got two players going from Minnesota this year. We have Kaprizov and Talbot. I'm pretty sure Talbot's not having that good of a season. Hang on, that what? Yeah, Cam Talbot and Kirill Kaprizov are going, and I don't understand that at all. Like, Granted, I know the goalies in the central haven't been great besides Soros, but I would have thrown you know, Flurry. Brought instead of a Talbot, <coughs> Flurry. Yeah, Flurry, Flurry would have been way more marketable, so and him. he would have been hilarious at the All Star yeah. game, like he always is. And it's been Vegas, man. Vegas. He's in Vegas. Vegas. They would love him if he came there. Listen, I'm. Li- oh boy. Pause that. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. My mic just unplugged for a second, and I was like, "No, no, 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 no. We gotta plug that back in." But no, no. Uh, I don't. Good. I don't know why you just don't throw Flurry or Hellebuck in. Even Hellebuck, man, fuck, just throw Hellebuck in. Even if he's having a bad year, shit, it clearly doesn't matter if you're throwing Gibson in, who's played like not. I'm pretty sure every time I've turned on the Ducks, it's Anthony Stolarz in that because Gibson's been either hurt or he's on COVID or something like that. I don't know, man. It's just like the All Star Game's good, but at the same time, mm. oh, they, they could just do so much more with it. Like we could exactly. dedicate a whole episode to like how, like how you could fix the All Star Game and make it somewhat watchable, even to like just the hardcore casual fan. We are definitely doing this during the Olympic break if there are no games because it's right after the All Star Game. And if it sucks, we are doing that. We are dedicating. <laughs> hey, if they I'm hit so it out of the park, that's awesome. Like, I just realized I, my tongue is very blue because of my Gatorade. But anyways, go on. that's a good flavor of Gatorade, though. I was yeah. I saw it. I like that flavor. I think it's like Arctic Freeze or yes, something. Yes, sir. Arctic. Yes, freeze. so yeah. good, man. It's yeah, because so I was good. at the gym earlier. I bought. There's like a deal. There's like four of them for like eight dollars. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting them. Oh yeah, dude. I used to, I used to work at Winn Dixie, like a grocery store here, yeah. and they uh, every time I used to get off my shift, they used to be like, all right, what Gatorade deals do they have? Because they used <laughs> to have like the like the two eight packs for like eight, like ten bucks or something, and then they'd have like. Like, I, I think with, like, our, those bottles, they used to do, like, eight for eight back in the day. Oh, wow. So I was just like, oh, I'm back like, in my I'm, day. Yeah. Like, I think they did it with, like, Powerade, too, whatever it was. I was just like, oh, yeah, we're just getting all these, and yeah. I'll have my drinks for the week. Um, But enough about beverages. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about how much we how – Enough much about electrolytes. Let's talk about how I'm the only person on planet Earth that cares about the All-Star game. <laughs> mm. 
I swear. Like, I just feel like so many hockey fans don't realize the loss. But like, like you just said, there's so much potential that's just not reached. And like, again, this isn't be like the do or die. Like, this shouldn't be the ultimate thing that like, like, oh yeah, let's 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 grab a hockey fan. Like at the end of the day, it should be the Stanley Cup playoffs because that's the most intense sports you'll probably ever watch. Hundred percent. And. Uh, well, this, yeah, I mean, all-star game should be fun. I just, uh, I really want the playoffs to be good this year, especially if it's the first year of the TV deal. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be the first real shot of getting a legitimate growth in the game when the playoffs come. So I want the best of the best when, they, when that comes. I don't want a Montreal squeaking in. I don't want a 24th seed Chicago squeaking in. <laughs> I want Toronto. I want like Toronto, Tampa round one and Florida, Boston. Like that's what I want. I, that's yeah. what the game needs as much as fans of those teams wouldn't want that. And I understand that completely because they're, they're all very good teams. That's the kind of stuff that grows the game. Like best teams going up against the best teams. Like and I remember. Theory, yeah. Like going on the first round in theory, you're the most healthy. You got the most, like the most teams. Yeah. Like, there's arguments for the division. Like, I don't think it's perfect, but at the same time, I'm the, the belief of if, hey, you want to win the Stanley Cup, you got to go through all the tough teams, even if you have to face them. Like, no one no one cares for you, you know? Like, yeah. if you no want to win the Cups, you're going to beat the tough teams. And also, like, in theory, your team is at most healthy, so you're technically getting the best hockey in the first round. There's eight series of that. But then there's like arguments, okay, we're getting the two best teams in the second round, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of just dwindles towards the end. And like, it's never going to be perfect, but I can at least understand it from that standpoint. But I wanted to bring up the the Eastern Conference because I've kind of talked about this with Jimmy, but the Eastern Conference for the most part is set in stone. It's just a really a matter of positioning because Detroit and Columbus were kind of like battling at that wild card, the final wild card spot, but like they're back down to like Batman 500, so, and Detroit is below 500, and I think they lost again tonight, so. Right now, uh, this can be listed if somehow somebody in the future is listening to this, like, during the playoffs, before the playoffs or whatever, because this this is mid-January right now. Um, The Atlantic goes number one, Tampa, number two, Florida, and the number three, Toronto. So, right now, like, if the playoffs would start today, we would have a uh, Florida-Toronto series, then the Metropolitan, it's Carolina, New York, Washington, one, two, three. New York, Washington would be an interesting series. Um, hey, that's I. I'm just for um from knowing Capitals and Rangers fans. That is a hated rival. Oh yeah, they do yeah, not yeah. fucking like each other. <laughs> and dude, just think that rivalry got reignited with the whole Panarin Wilson thing. It was like there was like a generation before that, and now it's like a new generation. Yeah, like every year, like Lundqvist shut out the Capitals in Game Seven, but. <laughs> Lundquist literally owns a giant country club in the Washington Capitals fan base heads. And I, and I feel like they can all say that like with respect because holy shit, he and Flurry used to torture those guys back in the day until they got their cup. Cause everybody gets one. Remember everyone gets one, except if you're <laughs> tell them Peter, well, apparently everybody gets one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except if you're like San Jose, like that's the only team of like, the past 15 years where I'm like, Oh my oh, God. Even St. Louis got one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the sounds like like the one last team of like the 15 years, like you were so good for so long. You couldn't get it done. Like even again, even St. Louis won one. Like, what if Marlowe passed the torch from San Jose to Toronto when he went there? I'm just, <laughs> like 
having such a good team and getting to the playoffs and just can't get it done. Oh my god. Because, like, I don't know if you have you ever watched the urinating tree video about the San Jose Sharks? I'm pretty sure I have, yeah. Oh man, like when he does those videos on like how a team hasn't won for like 50 years or something, it's just like stunning when you watch how many like playoff losses. My favorite have. one was the Toronto one, not only because of they haven't won a cup in 55 years, but the whole Harold Ballard era, like Harold Ballard, like not just in hockey, but like how he ran that business there is so fascinating. I don't know if you have heard the story, but I think this was in the sixties. Like, so the Beatles, the biggest band in the world at that time, they were going to play at Maple Leafs garden and uh, they they were only supposed to play for one show, but uh, on the tickets, they had them for two shows. And so they're basically just like, what are you going to do? Are you going to just, uh, you know, like walk out on your fans, yeah, walk out on your, on your I... fans. You're the biggest band in the world here. You're going to take that hit really. So what they did was play two songs or uh, two concerts, not two songs. Um, but <laughs> they played, Hey Jude yeah. twice and walked right off. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, what they did was they shut off all the water. So they would have to go and buy like pop that was overpriced and they turn off the air conditioning to save money. So it was like super hot in there. And it's just, it's crazy to me that not only how Harold Ballard just like ran a hockey team in the ground, like, because that was a huge reason why the Maple Leafs were so bad in like the eighties. Again, it wasn't until he died that things got better because I think he died in the early nineties. And then, Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it sounds kind of familiar. Uh, happened about 15 years later or so. And then Toronto, I think they made a conference final run in 1993, 1994. And then I think sometime <laughs> in the late, like they were a very good team, like in the 90s and most of the early 2000s. But you know what happened after that. But it's just so crazy to me. How, I don't uh, know what happened. After yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just so crazy to me how Harold Ballard, not only did he have like just ruined the hockey team, but like he ruins like, like, how he like influenced the biggest like the four biggest celebrities in the world at that time that's that's so crazy like he, he went from the toronto maple Leafs to the beatles that is that'll always boggle my mind just an all-time piece of shit like yeah oh yeah like there, in terms there, of the i also watched industry. this interview of uh <laughs> just like on cbc it's gotta be from the, uh, the 70s or something and just like the way he talks to his assistants into what into like women like basically anyone who isn't him really like even like white men he's like, <laughs> just, like, he's he's just a piece of honest. shit yeah <laughs> oh yeah he just oh, bad, bad human being i was I gotta, gonna say I gotta, I gotta send you the link to that interview because that is so fascinating like as much of a piece of garbage he was holy god it was it was not it was certainly definitely uh, it was certainly entertaining but anyways uh oh, yeah <laughs> hey he's in the entertainment industry he at least he knows his industry shit not well, in yeah. any way <laughs> I don't know. Do you have have anything else to bring up? I feel like that's a perfect thing to add it off on. Honestly, I don't, I don't think I do on to Anaheim in a couple days. Hopefully we can get Seth or someone back, Seth Kirby or Strom back. Cause why not both? Holy shit. Almost everyone on the team's caught it now. So (laughs) it's a miracle to the people that have not caught COVID yet. Like at all. Yeah. Like it, shit like i i've kind of just like i don't know about you but like at least with like i live in florida so it's just kind of like i feel like i've kind of been around at least exposed to it multiple oh, times definitely. i just haven't known so it's like yeah it's it's the world we live in though so just gotta keep going good thing that the new virus isn't too bad on you if you're vaxxed at least yeah from 
personal experience from my family so <laughs> all right so yeah we're recording this like late at night it's what it's what it's 12 30 for you right now <laughs> i had to like look up the time and do the math whatever <laughs> so thir- it's a friday we're chilling that, that's true yeah you're here now it's friday for me yeah it's a thursday i still got another hour and a half to go anyways um <laughs> yeah this will be uh while you're listening when you're listening to this this will be a friday enjoy your friday and enjoy your weekend peace out y'all